Welcome to America the Bazaar. I'm Jordan Rausch. And I'm Jeremy. This is a weekly history podcast that deep dives into all the stories that made America into the beautiful weirdo she is today. Absolutely. Are you ready for today's presidential quiz? I am. Okay. So, I want you to close your eyes. Imagine all of all of our presidents. Can I can I get a minute to close my eyes? Yep, absolutely. Okay. You need, to, <laughs> okay, you need right, a whole minute. Close. You got it? Okay. <laughs> so, I want you to picture all of their faces. Now, which president was a male model in his 20s and was actually on the cover of Cosmopolitan? Mm. You got an image in your head? Yeah, and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You can open your eyes now. <laughs> okay. Thank you for relieving me from that horror. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the answer to that quiz will be at the end of the episode. So stay tuned. All right. So you ready for this week's episode? I'm, I'm never ready. Never. <laughs> but you always just thrust You're- me in there. You're really not ready for this one. Oh, so I just want to say something funny. So Jeremy just got a call from our university, our alma mater, and they always call him because they know that he always gives them money. I'm a sucker for a good conversation. So basically, he talked to them the whole time. I was like, no, don't give them money. Because one time he got suckered into like a $250 donation when I was still paying off my student loans to them. So today he they called him and well, he gave them money. I made a much smaller donation this time. But I just looked at my phone to look at my notes for this week's episode and I just saw that I had a missed call from them. <laughs> That's how I get away with not giving them money is I don't answer their phone calls. Mm. I don't answer phone calls from anybody that I don't know. And especially university. You know, I, love talking university. To, I love talking to strangers <laughs> though. Okay. This week's episode. It's going. <laughs> Larry Walters was born in Los Angeles, California, on April 1949. What? What's that face for? You just excited? I'm excited. Okay. I, I was gonna what say. Are we do you, about? I was gonna say. Do you know who this is? I have no idea. Okay. When he was around eight years old, his parents took him to Disneyland while walking. Wait, around, what year is this? This. So he was born in 1949. Oh, okay. Now he's eight years old. Sorry, I thought you said 1849. I was no. like, wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> How long is Disney? <laughs> Wait, Walt Disney? <laughs> Something's not adding up here. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, continue. Okay. 1949. Yeah. So while walking around the park, he saw a lady holding what he said seemed like a zillion Mickey Mouse balloons. And the idea popped into little Larry's head that if you could get enough balloons, they could lift you off the ground. <laughs> a few years later, when Larry was 13, he was in an Army-Navy surplus store and saw a weather balloon and figured that if he wanted to float using balloons, weather balloons would be the way to go. Nice. Around this time, Larry began to experiment with hydrogen gas and making his own hydrogen generators that he would use to inflate little balloons. He would release the balloons with little notes attached. While attending Hollywood High School, Larry submitted a science fair project titled Hydrogen and Balloons and and ended up getting a D on it. Really? Which is so sad. Disappointing. Because he spends all his time working on balloons. You know what? I feel like like the art of the science fair project has changed significantly 
from like the 40s yeah. to now. You know? Yeah. Like, I feel like back then it really was like cutting edge, like stuff sometimes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then nowadays, now it's more about like how artistic and creative is it. Yeah. Not necessarily, like, the science behind it. I have to... I mean, it's been a minute since I've been to a have, science fair. I have to say, I still have a bone to pick. Like, when I was in fourth grade for my science fair, uh-huh. I spent this all this time making my own, like, um, like box, like, something that would read, like, seismograph, like a seismograph. Uh-huh. That would read, like, tremors, you know? And I did this whole thing about earthquakes and how they're measured, and I did this thing where if you shook it, like... It would write on a piece of paper, and then mm-hmm. you could see how big the earthquake was, which I thought was decent. I got second place, and the person who got first place was this person that had this microscope, this, like, really cool, expensive microscope that their parents had bought for him that just basically had a big screen on it. And he basically had just printed off pictures of things that he, of pictures that he took with this microscope. Hmm. And, like, I mine was this, like, crummy old, like... <laughs> Yeah, it was I, a, it was a project of, that you made. Yeah, yeah, I made it out of a box and, like, a Sharpie pen yeah. and some paper. And yeah. he just won because he had this really nice microscope that his parents bought for him. Yeah. Teachers felt bad that his parents spent all that money on that microscope. And it still gets me today. You know what You know what I did my science fair project on that I don't think I even placed? What? Do peanuts have power? I. You know what? I think I lost another year to uh, somebody that... Did do peanuts have power? Literally just got to burn peanuts. Yeah. <laughs> just set peanuts on fire. Yeah. Which, surprisingly, they burn pretty well. Uh, yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> peanuts have power. <laughs> okay, sorry. Okay, so back. So he gets a D on his balloon science fair project. <laughs> which, which I is, think we can all relate to. Which that's is really, what, That's basically what that, yeah, that side Which is was. really sad because he, like, balloons are his passion. <laughs> yeah. So after <laughs> <laughs> I've been told that I suck at what I love though. <laughs> yeah. I know that feeling. So after graduating high school, Larry joined the Air Force in 1967 with the hopes of becoming a pilot. Unfortunately for Larry, his bad eyesight kept him from becoming a pilot. After <laughs> serving in the Vietnam War, Larry returned to LA and became a commercial truck driver, but he would still dream about floating up into the sky using balloons. Larry bought a waffle iron webbing lawn chair with tubular aluminum armrests for $109 from Sears and would sit in it in the evenings in his backyard while drinking beer and watching commercial planes fly by. That was like his favorite pastime. (laughs) He's the guy that purposefully buys a house by the airport? Yeah, yeah, he's that dude. Because he loves it. Yeah. When Larry met his girlfriend Carol in 1972... He told her all about his balloon-flying dreams, and she blew it off as ridiculous. But Larry kept at it and would even draw different balloon-flying contraptions on placemats when they would go eat at restaurants. <laughs> ten years later, in 1982, Carol was like, you've been talking about this for ten years. Well, you better do it and just get it out of your system. With Carol's stamp of approval... Larry made plans to attach enough weather balloons to his Sears lawn chair and float above Los Angeles. Carol wanted Larry to wear a parachute during his balloon adventure, so Larry drove up to Elsinore Flight School in Paris, California to go skydiving so he could learn how to use his parachute. 
Larry only did one jump and then was like, all right, I figured it out. (laughs) And then he bought his own parachute for $900. Jeez. So Larry then starts buying the rest of the supplies that he figured he would need for his balloon excursion. Larry and Carol bought 42 weather balloons, several tanks of helium, a two-way radio, an altimeter, a hand compass, a flashlight with extra batteries... A medical kit, a pocket knife. Like, he's going to be gone so long he needs extra batteries. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) A medical kit, a pocket knife, eight plastic gallon jugs of water that would be be placed on the sides of the chair to act as a ballast, a package of beef jerky, a roadmap (laughs) of California, a camera, two liters of... (laughs) Where we're going, we don't need no stinking roads. A camera, two liters of Coca-Cola, <laughs> and a BB gun so he could pop the balloons when he was ready to come down. <laughs> so he's, he's like, really he's packing set. for his trip. Yeah, yeah. he's set. I just, I just envision this lawn chair with, like, all these bags and attachments. Well, and I just... And I, I mean... Good on Sears if that chair survived the trip. I mean, I just, like, I've seen these chairs. My grandparents had these chairs. Like, the fabric waffle mesh chairs that with just, like, yeah, aluminum tube, Mm -hmm. like, supports. And he's going to attach a bunch of balloons to it. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't, like, collapse on him while he's been flying. Yeah. Like, you know, shoot him out of it. So, Larry spent his days researching and planning his trip. Larry figured that with the amount of balloons and helium he had, he would get to about 100 feet in the air while being tethered to his friend's 1962 Chevrolet Bonville. (laughs) And once he got his bearings, they would release the tether and he would fly out over the Mojave Desert, where he would then pop the balloons and drift down to a soft landing. The night before the launch, Larry, Carol, and their friend started inflating the balloons in Carol's backyard. Around midnight, a couple of cops peeked over Carol's fence and asked them what they're doing. Because these balloons, weather balloons are, massive. are huge. Yeah, massive. And so they're blowing them up, and they're starting to float above the fence. And yeah. so people are taking notice. So the cops are like, um, hey guys, <laughs> what's going oh, on? Hello? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> so Larry told them they were going to be using the balloons for a commercial in the morning, and the cops believed him and left, because it's L.A. Mm-hmm. Not show business, baby. Wow. The next morning, they had all the balloons blown up in several tiers, and the whole thing was about 150 feet high. Dang. Yeah. Larry grabbed a few more supplies for his trip, which was a sandwich. What? Yeah, he needed a few more things. <laughs> more? So he, he made himself a sandwich, <laughs> and he grabbed a couple of beers, and he was finally uh, ready to get into his yes, balloon chair. Yeah. Yes, the essentials. Yeah, exactly. He's like, but what if I get hungry? And I might as well take a couple brewskis. Uh, yeah. This is a success. Yeah. Before taking off, his friend decided that Larry should wear a life jacket, <laughs> just in case there was a shift in the wind, and Larry ended up being blown into the ocean that's, instead of the desert. That's probably a very good call. Yeah. So Larry had to wait an extra 45 minutes for his friend to go buy the life jacket. <laughs> so when his friend arrived so back... We're, so we're probably about to $2,500, $3,000 at this point? Yeah, he spent a lot of money. Yeah, maybe but more. He, what, how much were the weather balloons? I don't know. They bought them all at the Army-Navy surplus store. Yeah, which I didn't know you could buy those. I didn't either. I've never seen a weather balloon at the Army-Navy surplus store, and I've spent a lot of time just, like, walking around that waiting for you to <laughs> yeah. buy stuff. His friend comes back with a life jacket. 
Larry dubbed his balloon chair the Inspiration One and sat down on it. (laughs) By the way, Larry wasn't strapped in at all. He figured because the lawn chair was tilted back about 10 degrees, he shouldn't have any problems not falling out. So he's just sitting in it. Yeah, but he's never... Like, that's what I'm surprised by. They haven't tested these balloons to see what the right configuration is to balance him in. No tests. They're just they're just going by by feel. By by heart. Flying by the seat of his chair. The <laughs> Dutch. Okay. Well, so with Larry in his chair, Carol and their friend released the balloons. Larry started Wait, do you think Carrie took out a huge life insurance policy Carol, right before this? I mean I mean, I guess you can just take out loans on your boyfriend, right? Life They're, insurance. Life insurance? Or policy? that's what I meant. Yeah. Life yeah. insurance policies. You, you just have to list, be listed as a beneficiary. That's right. I mean, it would have been, maybe she was like tired of, you know, yeah, tired like, of him and was like, fine, yeah, do it. She's but like, I'm 10 taking years out. is enough. Like, <laughs> yeah. try your stupid experiment. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Uh, I took out a policy. Yeah. <laughs> so they released the balloons. Larry rockets up into the air at about 800 feet per minute. Oh, jeez. And so the tether that had him attached to his friend's car just snaps. Yeah. So when the tether broke, the chair pitched forward and Larry's glasses, because he has bad eyesight. So his, oh, no. So his glasses <laughs> fly off along with some of the equipment he had hanging off of his chair. This was all freaking out Carol. So she got on the two-way radio and said, Larry, come down. You've got to come down if you can't see. Come down. Larry calmly tells her that he's okay. He has a backup pair of glasses, and he's just going through a dense layer of fog. So already, it's like almost immediately, he shoots up and he goes through some fog. So Carol can't see him. Yeah. Yeah. So Carol says, oh, God, keep talking, Larry. We've got airplanes. They can't see you. You're headed for the ocean. You're going to have to come down. Larry keeps. <laughs> Larry keeps. I don't think she He's took like, out a life insurance policy because she's freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> All the regrets. Yeah. So Larry keeps flying higher and higher. So Carol says, "Larry, everybody down here says to cut them and get down now. Cut your balloons and come down now. Come down, please." Larry just ignores Carol. This was his lifelong dream, and he was going to soak it in for as long as possible. <laughs> like, he just stops talking to her while she's yeah, freaking out. He's just enjoying the ride. So, Larry now makes it up to 2,500 feet, and he was loving the view. Yeah. At one point, Larry even saw a little private plane below him. Larry kept rising, and before he knew it, he was at 15,000 feet. God, it's probably going to start getting pretty hard to breathe. Yeah, the air was starting to get thin, and it was getting harder for Larry to breathe. So he figured it was finally time to come down. Larry figured he needed to pop around seven balloons. So, by the way, like... Hip pocket math. Larry... I mean, I don't know how good he is at math, but he's just like, uh, I think, like, he didn't... He didn't account for, like, the balloons getting him this high. Like, he's obviously not great at his math. Yeah. So he's like, I think just probably seven balloons ought to do the trick. So he's just guessing. So he figures he needs to pop around seven balloons so that he could still get over the Angeles National Forest, past Mount Wilson, and into the Mojave Desert. Larry grabbed his BB gun and starts to shoot the balloons. 
He put the gun in his lap so he could check his... So he shoots the seven balloons. He puts the gun in his lap so he could check his altimeter. And when a sudden gust of wind blew Larry sideways, making his chair tilt forward... Oh, no. He grabs onto the sides. He stays in, but the BB gun falls out of his lap into residential Los Angeles. (laughs) Larry later said that he never heard of anybody dying from a BB gun falling on their heads, so he thinks that it was okay. Yeah. But yeah, a BB gun bush. was falling out like yeah. twenty. What, I don't what did know I why. Say like fifteen thousand feet just, up in the air. I just imagine like having everything tied off, like dummy corded to it. You know. So like yeah. the other day, I was downtown Boise in a in a big office building on like the thirteenth floor. Yeah, and we were doing a little conference, and down come the window washers. And they're, like, cleaning the windows on this big skyscraper. And if you've ever seen that, like, they've got, you know, different squeegees and whatnot. And it's all, yeah. like, dummy corded to them. So, like, that way if they drop it, it doesn't strike somebody below. Right. <laughs> right. Larry didn't know about that. Yeah, so, <laughs> apparently he had tied some things off. Some. And he had backups. But not the gun. And he had backs up for almost everything but the BB gun. <laughs> oh, no. So, Larry hadn't shot enough balloons before he lost his gun and continued to gain elevation. He was now at 16,500 feet, and the temperature was between 5 and 10 degrees, and his toes started to go numb. Uh Uh-oh. A pilot of a commercial plane (laughs) was inbound for LAX, spotted Larry, and reported a man in a lawn chair to the the air traffic control tower. (laughs) And they were like, what? Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) The air traffic control tower was able to find Larry using radar and began to track him. (laughs) This was also about the time that Larry realized he was indeed headed for the Pacific Ocean and not the Mojave Desert. So good thing his friend grabbed him that life jacket. So luckily, so he, he shot his balloons. They weren't releasing air enough. So he gets to 16,500 feet, but now because he's so high, they are starting to lose air. So uh, he is starting to stabilize. Yeah. So now he is starting to come down. Good job on your math, Larry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's still not great, but he kind of lucked out. So the helium begins to leak from the balloons and he makes it to 13,000 feet where he was able. So he had lost, you know, he wasn't able to use his two-way radio for a while when he was super high up. Yeah. So when he makes it back down to 13,000 feet, he was able to use his radio again, and he began to cry mayday to the Crest React or Radio Emergency Associated Communication Team in Corona, California. Larry started talking to the React team member named Doug Dixon. Doug asked Larry what airport did he take off from, so Larry says, my point of departure was 1633 West West 7th Street, San Pedro, which is Carol's address. <laughs> so Doug doesn't realize, like, all he's hearing is Mayday, and he thinks it's like a guy probably in a private plane. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't know that it's a guy in a lawn chair. <laughs> With a bunch of white <laughs> So, Doug says, say again the name of the airport. Could you please repeat? And Larry says, so the difficulty is, this is an unauthorized balloon launch. I know I'm interfering with federal airspace, and uh, I'm sure the ground crew has alerted the proper authority, but uh, just call them and tell them I'm okay. 
Doug, what color is the balloon? Larry, the balloons are beige in color. I'm in a bright blue sky, which would be very highly visible over. Doug, size? Larry, approximately seven feet in diameter each, and I probably have 35 left over. Doug, did you say you have a cluster of 35 (laughs) balloons? Larry, these are 35 weather balloons. Not one single balloon, sir. It is 35 weather balloons. Because probably Doug was like, oh, like he's in a hot air balloon. No, 35 balloons. (laughs) Doug, Roger, stand by this frequency. Larry, just tell Carol that I love her and I'm doing fine. Please do. Over. At this time, Larry had been floating for <laughs> around a half an hour, for an hour and a half. Oh my gosh. But he was, <laughs> he was starting to come down over a neighborhood in Long Beach. The police had received several 911 calls by this time, and especially one from Carol, and he could, and they could see Larry starting to descend very quickly, so they had the power company kill the electricity in the area. Which left several blocks of homes and businesses with no power in the middle of a hot July day. Oh, no. Larry continues to descend until the balloons get caught up in high-voltage power lines. Oh, So thank God they killed the power. Yeah, no kidding. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Neither did Larry. (laughs) (laughs) What? But he had beef jerky and a sandwich. And two beers. And beers. But not a BB gun anymore. <laughs> so as he's coming down, so his balloons get caught up in the high voltage. So, I mean, but the whole thing is 150 feet up. So now his chair is just like swinging, basically. Uh-huh. And it starts to scrape along a guy's roof, which scared the owner that was reading the morning newspaper while sitting in a lounge chair near his pool. Larry's chair came off the roof, but Larry was then stuck only about five feet off the ground above this guy's yard. <laughs> The owner was an airline pilot on his day off, and Larry later reminisced that after staring at Larry for about 15 seconds, the guy got out of his chair and said, Hey, do you need any help? (laughs) Is this normal? I don't think this is normal. (laughs) Larry had floated a total of 21 miles away from Carol's house. What? Yeah. Dang. So the owner got a step louder step ladder out for Larry. <laughs> <laughs> He's only five feet off the yeah, ground. Yeah. And Larry hopped out of his lawn chair and was quickly greeted by a group of LAPD along with a growing crowd. The LAPD placed him in a squad car where he waited while they ran his driver's license. <laughs> well they're like, well, can we arrest him? <laughs> no, exactly. The cop gave Larry back his license and said, There's nothing. You haven't done You haven't done anything. You're free, but you'll be hearing from the FAA. (laughs) (laughs) So Larry got out of the squad car to kids asking him to autograph balloons. He even gave the chair to one of the local kids and got a big kiss from Carol, who had shown up. A reporter asked Larry why he'd pulled such a dumb stunt, to which Larry (laughs) replied, A man can't just sit around. (laughs) But literally, that's what he did. (laughs) But you you did? (laughs) Just with a bunch of balloons attached. Yeah. Larry also told the Associated Press, my mother thought I should be institutionalized, and probably still does, but she's proud of me. Ah, uh, yeah. The FAA knew they needed to charge Larry with something, but they weren't sure what. Regional Safety Inspector Neil Savoy said, We knew he broke some part of the Federal Aviation Act, and as soon as we decide which part it is, a charge will be filed. If he had a pilot's license, we'd suspend that. 
but he does it. So <laughs> it takes them a while to figure out what to actually charge Larry with. Yeah. But on December 18th, five months later, the FF the FAA brought four charges and $4,000 in fines against Larry, including operating a civil aircraft for which there is not currently in effect an airworthiness certificate and operating an aircraft within an airport traffic area without establishing and maintaining two-way communications with the control tower. Because to be fair, he was putting yeah. himself LAPD. and a lot of people in danger. Yeah. Like, what if a commercial plane had flown into his whole system? Yeah. That could have brought down the plane. Yeah. So, like, Larry. yeah, Larry. Larry actually challenged the charges, ah. saying that if the FAA was around when the Wright brothers were testing their aircraft, they would have never been able to make their first flight at Kitty Hawk. <laughs> so the FAA ended up settling with Larry for only $1,500 <laughs> in fines, which Larry ended up paying. Nice. The Smithsonian Institute asked Larry to donate his lawn chair to the National Air and Space Museum, but he had to regretfully inform them that he had given it to some random kid on the street when he landed. (laughs) For the next few months after his flight, Larry was a national star. He was interviewed by Johnny Carson on The Tonight Show, (laughs) and he was a guest on Late Night with David Letterman. Nice. Larry quit his truck driving job and went on the lecture circuit as a motivational speaker. Unfortunately for Larry, people stopped caring about his balloon flight, and speaking engagements became fewer and fewer. Carol and Larry broke up, though they had though they remained good friends. Larry had almost no bills, so he spent most of his time hiking in the San Gabriel Mountains and working as a volunteer ranger for the U.S. Forest Service. In 1991, nine years after his flight, Timex hired Larry to be the face of their new campaign, the watch that takes a licking and keeps on ticking. <laughs> Larry only earned $1,000 from that ad, though. But he said with that check, he finally broke even financially from his balloon experience. <laughs> so, <laughs> ten, he finally was able to pay off all of his ten loans. Ten years later. Yeah. <laughs> on October 6th, 1993, Larry Walters hiked up into the Angeles National Forest and committed suicide by shooting uh-huh. himself in the heart. Search and rescue found him inside a tent and sleeping bag. Everything was very neat with his shoes neatly placed outside, and the camp trash was even hanging in a tree so the bears and raccoons couldn't get to it. Larry didn't leave a suicide note, but his family believes that he had been battling depression for quite some time. He had accomplished his lifelong dream, and there was nothing else to aspire to. He was only 44 years old. That's sad. Yeah. Hmm. In 2002... The kid that Larry had given his chair to sent an email to a pilot named Mark Barry, who had documented Larry's story and had a website dedicated to it. The kid, who was named Jerry and was now grown up, explained that he still had the chair and it was sitting in his garage with some of the original tethers and water jugs still attached to it. Uh-huh. Jerry ended up loaning the chair to the San Diego Air and Space Museum, who I believe still has it today, and sometimes it goes like, um, on exhibit. Display, yeah. yeah. So, between 2007 and 2008, Kent Couch, a 47-year-old gas station owner from Bend, Oregon, had two balloon lawn chair flights, with the first carrying him 193 miles, and the second taking him 240 miles, which landed him in Cambridge, Idaho. 
His second flight took nine hours and 12 minutes, <laughs> and he used 105 large helium balloons. Oh, my gosh. On January 13th, 2008, a Brazilian Roman Catholic priest and human rights activist named Adelir Antonio Carli took off from Ampere, Brazil, using 600 helium-filled party balloons, reached an altitude of 17,400 feet, and landed safely in Argentina. He attempted a second flight in April of 2008 using 1,000 balloons, but he was caught in a storm and crashed in the in the Atlantic Ocean, where his body was found three months later. And then, Thanks. so that's kind of a couple other people that have taken yeah. inspiration <clears throat> from, from, Larry. from Larry. There's been a few more, but I didn't. Those are the notable ones. Yeah, I didn't really want to. Yeah, keep going into all the people that do it. Apparently, there's a few people that like that's their hobby is tying balloons to lawn chairs and they <laughs> float around. Yeah. Anybody on Instagram we should follow? I don't know. We'll have to look. So if you're into lawn chair ballooning, let <laughs> us know. <laughs> Send us pictures. We'll post them on our Instagram. At, at us. Yeah. On your Instagram. Yeah. I want to see pictures. Or Twitter. So my sources for this story are The Strange Sad Odyssey of Lawn Chair Larry by Dale M. Brumfield. Mm. The Man in the Flying Lawn Chair by George Plimpton. And July 2nd, 1982, Up, Up, and Away with 42 Balloons by Tony Long. Mm. And that's the story of Lawn Chair Larry. That's awesome. Well, you know, Lawn Chair Larry achieved his lifelong dream. Yeah. It was pretty cool. It is. (laughs) I mean, make your (laughs) dreams come true. And he only walked away with $1,500 in fines. Yeah. I mean... Here's, I mean, maybe, like, check with the proper authorities first before you do something like that. Or don't, because maybe then you don't get to do it. <laughs> Just take the risk. But better to ask for permission or beg for forgiveness? I guess Larry would say beg for forgiveness. <laughs> uh, that is that is not our stance. Don't. Yeah, I don't, kids. <laughs> I don't recommend that. Yeah, definitely. Always better to check. Yeah, I think so. For the most part, eh, that takes the fun out of it. It though. depends I have on a what hard it time is. Saying that and, and meaning it, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I just like that nobody could. They're like, we're pretty sure we should charge them with something, but we don't know what. Like, yeah. There's what? no precedence what? for this. What? What rule did he break? Yeah. Uh, nah. But inspiring. Inspiring. Yeah. Thank you, Larry, for motivating. Did he have any kids? I don't think so. No, him and Carrie, Carolyn. Carol didn't ever have any kids. What did you say? Carol. Carol. Yeah. Her, him, and Carol didn't ever have any kids. Nope. Dang. Yeah. It's a man. That's a man who needed to have some kids. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> to have a legacy to live up to. Yeah. But yeah. Anyways, are you ready to know which president was a model for Cosmopolitan? Oh, absolutely. It was Gerald Ford. Oh, Ford. Okay. Yeah. 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 I was thinking Kennedy, but I mean, yeah. But I mean, Ford... everybody thinks that Kennedy is the yeah. hot president. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Gerald Ford was decent looking <laughs> back in his day, yeah. in his twenties, yeah. before he lost his hair. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, back when he was full of anti-Semitism. Was he Ford? Yeah. Not no Gerald Ford. Oh, sorry. <laughs> 
Ford. They're Different all the Ford. Same. They're all the same. <laughs> that Ford. The Ford you're thinking of was never president. Yeah. Yeah. My bad. Okay. Well, now History. I have, now I have to go check to see if Gerald Ford ever said anything anti-Semitic. <laughs> I mean, he probably. I mean, maybe. I don't know. So, if you would like to know more about you know our podcast or see our merch or listen to other episodes. Please visit americathebazaar.com. You can also contact us if you have any stories like did you did your family, you know, live in Los Angeles at the time or did you live in Los Angeles at the time of Lon Chair Larry's flight? I actually talked to my mom about it because she was living in LA at the time of Lon Cherry's flight. And she was. She, yeah, and she totally remembers it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, crazy. so let us know if you have a story about Lon Cherry Larry, if you remember seeing him flying above your house. If you want to follow us on social media, we post on there sometimes. Pretty, pretty fairly often, I would say. Mm-hmm. So you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Please subscribe, rate, and re- review us on. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts, that helps people find us and lets people know that we're fun to listen to. So we would appreciate if you do that for us. So I do have an update. Oh, you do? Yeah, it's for this episode. Oh, so are we going to call this the amendments? Is that? Oh, okay. Oh, this is just an update. Well, yeah, (laughs) the amendments to a comment I said a few minutes ago. Oh, okay. Gerald R. Ford. Was not anti-Semitic. Okay, I didn't think so. You had me worried there for a little bit. <laughs> All right, so just to clarify. Okay, good. <laughs> Henry Ford, on the other hand. Yes, you were thinking of Henry Ford. <laughs> different, different guys. Yep. One was president, one was not. Yes. So, if that's all, yep. until next time, stay, stay weird, America. America.